You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, I hope you're enjoying this evening, and also I hope you're looking forward to Christmas. Uh, Only eight sleeps to go. And uh, I know some of you, you will be super prepared. You will have done all your shopping and wrapping before the end of November. You'll have all your food mapped out. You know what you're doing. And some of you are just realizing that it's nearly Christmas. And uh, some of you will be going, eight sleeps, loads of time, mate, loads of time. No worries. Uh, Well, tonight, just for a few moments, uh, I want to speak about Jesus, the original Christmas gift. Jesus, the original Christmas gift. I don't know if you realize that Jesus, God the Son, is the gift of God the Father into a broken world, a gift to me and a gift to you. The original reason for us giving gifts one to another is this understanding that Jesus came into the world as a gift to all humanity, a personal gift while being for everybody. This is the truth of Christmas. Christmas became a gift-giving festival because it was first a gift-given festival, a celebration of the gift given in and through Jesus Christ. On the front of these little orders of service, we have the words from the prophet Isaiah that Kieran read to us this evening. 700 years before Jesus came, the prophecy that God himself was going to enter our world, God the Son, sent and given into the world by God the Father. It says this, For unto us a child is born. And so Mary gives birth to a son in the stable in Bethlehem. A child is born, but a son is given. How can a son be given if he didn't pre-exist? And this is the good news of Christmas. Unlike any other baby in history, Jesus did not come into being at conception, but existed in eternity past, but broke into our world to reconcile us to God. Oh, come, let us adore him. We sing in the, the great carol, O come, O ye faithful, these words, word of the Father, meaning that the one who existed in the beginning with God the Father, now in flesh appearing, the eternal one comes and breaks into time. Probably the most famous verse in the Bible is John chapter 3, verse 16, that says, For God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever would believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus is a gift. I think it's easy to mistake Jesus perhaps for just a historical figure. We can make presumptions that that he's irrelevant, but we need to be careful of presumptions. I heard a story about presumptions recently about a train not very far from here that was traveling along. And on a particular carriage, there were just four passengers. There was a mum and her daughter. And opposite them, as the only other occupants of this carriage, there was a boy similar age to the girl. And traveling with him was his male teacher. It was in the middle of the day, but the train hurtling along went into a tunnel. And in a moment of time, the carriage went into blackout and nobody could see anything. But they all heard the same sound, the sound of a kiss, followed by the sound of a slap. And the carriage comes out into daylight and everyone looks around. They all presume as to what has happened, but nobody says a word. 
Firstly, the, the mom presumes that the boy has tried to kiss her daughter and she slapped him and she's thinking, yeah, good for you, girl. The, the girl's thinking, well, presumably that man has tried to kiss my mom and she slapped him. She said, go on, mom. The teacher thinks, presumably the boy I'm with has tried to kiss the girl and she slapped me by mistake. And the boy thinks, what a funny world it is. You go into a tunnel, kiss the back of your hand, slap your teacher in the face and nobody says a word. We can make presumptions, but I, I want us to consider today, whatever presumptions we've made about religion, about church, about Jesus, that Jesus is a gift given to you. This is the message of Christmas. It would be remiss of me not to try and communicate that in these moments that I have tonight. Of course, Jesus is much more than a gift. He is the Son of God. He is the Savior of the world. He's the Lord of all. He's the King of kings. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. But let's not miss the clear message of the Bible that his coming was a gift. We've sung already tonight, O Little Town of Bethlehem, how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. You know, this is not some mysterious out there consequence that won't reach us. It is given that it might impact the very hearts in the room, people like you and like me. The good news of Christmas tonight is that you have already been given a gift. I'm sure most of you are excited and hopeful for receiving some things. I want to tell you, whether you get lots of things or nothing, you've already been given the greatest gift, the most wonderful and exceptional and significant gift that could be given. Jesus. Of course, this wondrous gift needs unpacking, if you will, needs receiving. We have to unpack or unwrap this gift. In other words, we, we have to understand this. We have to grasp this. We maybe need an epiphany, a revelation, something in our lives. I was 17 years of age when, from a background of not going to church, not knowing anything about religious things, I had an understanding that this gift Jesus had been given for me. The unpacking of that message was so significant in my life. Otherwise, it may just seem mysterious. You know, we, we tend to wrap up gifts at Christmas, don't we? we, we I think we wrap them up because we want to disguise them and we want to surprise the recipients so they don't know. And it's all part of the tradition and part of the joy. Some of you are great at wrapping gifts. You do it beautifully. I, I, I've seen those gifts with beautiful paper and ribbon and, and little twirls that people, they, you know, they pull it with a knife or something and it all curls up. I don't know how they do it. And little concealed, it's normally ladies that do gifts like this, isn't it? And then people like me who, you know, you, you give it your best shout and it looks like you dropped off the back of a wagon and rolled down a hill. But there we go. But we conceal the gift, I think, to disguise what it is. Obviously, some gifts, they're hard to disguise, you know, like a horse or something. But um, my, my wife's very, very good at, uh, at guessing what I'm going to get her for Christmas. It's very annoying. And uh, that's even before she's seen what has been wrapped up. So I have to work very, very hard if I want to disguise something. I remember the most extravagant gift I ever bought her was a, an iPad mini. And I was so determined that she wasn't going to guess it. I got the biggest box I could find. 
and I wrapped it up and I put it at the bottom and I stuffed in a load of newspaper and bubble wrap and wrappings and notes on the way down that said, nearly there, not quite, keep going. And then there it was down at the bottom and I got one over, I was really pleased. And then I sent it back and got the money back, but um, no, not really. You see, I don't actually think God was trying to disguise his gift. I just think it's so wonderful and so mysterious that it takes a bit of grasping for us to understand that God has given his son for us. That we understand why Jesus came and who Jesus is and why we might need him personally. When I first considered these things as a late teenager, it took me a little while to realize I was a sinner in need of a savior. And Jesus was God's gift to me. That by living a sinless life and dying on a cross, he was doing something incredible. Not just for the whole world, but for me personally, that my sin and shame and all my garbage was upon him in those moments. And in being raised from the dead, his life was available to me. This was the gift of God. It needs to be unpacked. Of course, we also need to receive this gift. Oh, little town of Bethlehem continues, no ear may hear his coming. But in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. This is a gift we can not only unpack and understand, but receive personally. You see, he didn't come to be understood. He came to be received. Like any gift, it's given to be received. You know, a jumper is really given to be worn, isn't it? Food is given to be eaten. A book is given that it might be read. You know, sometimes we receive things and we, we're given things. We don't fully receive them, maybe because we didn't want them in the first place or we didn't need them. But God's gift is given that we might receive his love and in so doing, enter into a real relationship with God that we can know him as he also knows us. It can take courage sometimes to enter into a significant relationship. I can remember growing up, I was always very nervous of the idea of asking somebody out. I remember a few times at school taking a shine to somebody but being way too timid. It probably didn't help that I was 17 and looked about 12 at the time. But then I remember meeting in my early 20s, meeting Esther and uh, my wife and I, I fell helplessly in love. I became like an idiot and uh, I became off my food and I wasn't sleeping and I thought after three weeks, if I don't do something about this, I think I'm going to die. <laughs> so I remember mustering up the courage that I could and we were actually met at a church. I remember at the end of a service saying, oh, you, do you want to go for coffee? And she said, oh, okay then. So we trotted down into town for, for coffee and I'm on my way down. I think, oh, I'm going to have to say something because she thinks this is just coffee. I remember my heart thumping in my chest and I, I plucked up all the courage. I said, look, I, th I think I need to tell you I, I like you. <laughs> and she said, what do you mean by that? <laughs> oh, no. So I, I said something like, oh, well, uh, oh, you know, like maybe we could be more than just friends. She said, oh. For a split second, I didn't know how it was going. And, the, she, and then she said, I like you too. And I said, what do you mean by that? 
Yeah. Can't be too careful, can you? We might have to take a step to enter into this incredible relationship that God is offering us in this gift, Jesus, his gift to us. You know, truly, if we receive the gift of Jesus, we'll we'll find that there is more and more and more to this wonderful gift. You know, some of you, you're brilliant with tech. You'll get a gadget and you'll, you'll Google it and you'll YouTube it and you'll... You'll do your research, you might even read the instructions and you'll get the most out of it. I'm rubbish with tech and I've just scratched the surface. If I get a new phone that can, you know, do everything other than serve dinner, as long as I can send a text and make a call, I'm kind of, I'm good to go. Some of you get the most out of your, your tech and some of us don't. You know, I've met people who, they might pray a prayer, they're on the edge of things. There's like a bit of a relationship with God, it's kind of on but not quite and they miss the beauty of all that this gift can be the transformation of our lives from the inside out when God comes to dwell within us his comfort in times of trouble his strength in our weakness his joy in our hearts that's why we sing this great song joy why is there so much joy because some of us have experienced the gift of Jesus his peace in the storm His guidance and his leading in our lives. So what do we do with this great gift? Well, we we have a challenge whether we're going to respond. You know, can you imagine Christmas Day? And I don't know whether you'll be with friends or family, but imagine that you're in a place where there's a Christmas tree and there's gifts under the tree and the gifts are given out. And then there's one tree left. Sorry, there's one gift left, I should say. And, and you go, oh, let's put the kettle on, we'll have a cup of tea. But the gift is for you, and the, and the giver's in the room, and they're going, oh, there's, there's another one, there's another one. And you go, yeah, yeah, I've had enough now. I'm just going to go, let's get a cup of tea. And they go, no, no, it's, there's another gift. And you go, yeah, yeah, forget it. Just put it in the bin, we've had enough gifts. And they go, no, no, don't, don't throw it away. You, you, you need to open it. I say, oh, no, I'll, well, I'll, tell, I'll just stick it in the loft. I'll maybe, you know, maybe get it out with the decorations next year if I can be bothered. It'd be very rude, wouldn't it? And there's this gift that has been given. What what are we going to do with it? Well, of course, we might be at a different stage in our lives to know what to do with it here tonight. I'm sure some of you, it might be the first time you've even stepped inside a church. The idea that you might know God through the gift of Jesus, this is all a bit much to compute. This is why we've given you all one of these little booklets. It's a tiny little gift from us as a church to you. It's called Why Christmas, and we'd encourage you to go away and read it. It explains this gift and how you can receive it. There's a prayer near the back on page 20, and it says this, Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. And it suggests that we might take a few moments to ask his forgiveness for anything particular that's troubling our conscience. It says, please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. A prayer like that meant in the heart that's all you need to do to receive this wonderful gift some of you maybe will go away and read that over Christmas and 
You might even pray that prayer. And if you do, I encourage you, if somebody's invited you tonight, drop them a text and go, I prayed the prayer. They'll, they'll understand. They'll know what you've done because they'll have done something like that similarly as well as they've received the gift of Jesus, the original gift of Christmas. I wonder as we come to a close, if we could all close our eyes and bow our heads. I'm going to pray this prayer now because there might be one or two people here and you know you'd like to make your peace with God even here tonight. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer like this. Maybe you've never received the gift offered for you. And if you'd like to, then as I read out this prayer, just in, in quietness, in your own heart, pray this after me. And God who sees and hears and knows every thought will understand your prayer and your response to him. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer and meant it for the first time, do tell the person who invited you tonight. If you came by yourself, then come and speak to any of us that have been involved in tonight's service. Find someone who looks friendly and we'd be really happy to help you. If that's a bit tough for you to actually speak to the friend who brought you, then as I say, why not drop them a text before you go to bed tonight and say, I prayed that prayer. And they'd love to hook up with you, I'm sure, and see how they could help you make the most of this wonderful gift.